This is one of the reasons we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, so we can experience God's presence over fear's presence. And that is one of the challenging statements that Dr. Jim Coleman raises in today's Bible Talk on the Peace and Power podcast. Welcome. Somewhere deep within, each of us desires an inner flow of peace and power that transforms our daily attitudes, relationships, and life decisions. In the Bible, God's message teaches us to live in that flow of peace and power. As always, we invite you to follow the outline of today's talk in the show notes. And of course, the full transcript is supplied on our website, peaceandpowerpodcast.com. That's peaceandpowerpodcast.com. So we listen today with our minds and hearts open to the Word of God. This past week, I saw a promo commercial for an FBI TV drama. They said, watch the FBI's, E-Y-E-S, solve unsolvable cases. Now, the idea is that the FBI's, E-Y-E-S, are skillfully trained to notice clues others cannot see, to interpret circumstances others don't understand, to catch lawbreakers who always seem one step ahead. The sight of these FBI's is not a normal kind of sight, but a special insight from their training, which allows its agents to see things that I, the average citizen, cannot see. There is a special kind of sight, of insight, that God promises to those who follow God's ways. This has been true for God's people throughout history, but God has used different means to bring this insight. Sometimes it was God speaking verbally, as with Abraham, Moses. Sometimes it was through dreams, as with Mary and Joseph. Sometimes it was not only through dreams, but also through circumstances, like Joseph in Genesis, and with Paul's friend, Onesimus. And speaking of the Apostle Paul, God communicated to Paul through scripture, circumstances, dreams, and people. Sometimes we don't really know how God spoke, like with some of the prophets. But when they needed divine insight, God granted it. God still offers spiritual insight today in some of these same ways, but always under the direction and power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants us to have the insight we need to do God's will and work. There is an amazing story about Elisha in 2 Kings, that's an exciting lesson in spiritual insight, in what spiritual eyes see. It presents a list of insights, not a complete list, of course, but a brief and helpful glimpse of how seeing with spiritual eyes works. I'm now reading 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning with verse 8, and then through verse 23. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, We will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, Do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on alert there. 
The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is the traitor who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It is not us, my lord the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is a Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? the young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me and I will take you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, My father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? Of course not, Elisha replied. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink, and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them, and then sent them home to their master. And after that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Although he's not identified by name, this is probably Ben-Hadad, the king of Aram. Aram is also synonymous with Syria. So Ben-Hadad is plotting for ways to weaken the king of Israel, Jehoram, militarily. He knows of Israel's God, Yahweh, but he has chosen not to recognize or honor Israel as the specially chosen people of Almighty God. He does not have spiritual eyes. Spiritual eyes would recognize and honor God's people. I feel so saddened by those today who have such hostility toward God's people in the church. I know that some of them have been hurt by the church may be abused psychologically or physically by a church leader. And when that happened, God's heart broke for that victim. God did not do that. And a mature, faithful Christian did not do that and must pay for any crime committed. And healing and wholeness must begin. There is a kind of hostility then toward God's people which comes from hurt. But there is also a kind of hostility toward God's people, which comes from faithlessness, a hostility toward the church simply for their claim to be God's people. And that hostility often expresses a contempt for God. They have made themselves the enemy of God, 
and God's people. Paul told the Philippian Christians, For I have told you before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. I think it's still true that those who feel this way can't see who God's people really are, what the church really is. What a brokenness. And Ben-Hadad had this attitude toward Israel because he didn't really see who they were. Part of it was by choice, and part of it was because he did not have spiritual eyes. If only he could have lived into God's promise to ancient Israel through Abraham, I will bless those who bless you. As you recall, in Genesis, the Egyptian captain Potiphar, who bought Joseph as a slave, recognized that Joseph's God blessed Joseph. And when Potiphar decided to honor Joseph's faith in God, God blessed Potiphar. How disappointing that Ben-Hadad didn't do the same with God's people, Israel. We read in this story that a number of times previously, someone who knew of Ben-Hadad's plot would warn the king of Israel. Ben-Hadad thought it must be a spy among his own military leaders. But his counselors knew the real reason, however incredible it was to believe. Somehow the prophet Elisha telepathically knew about the plots. He had a special knowledge, a supernatural sight. Ben-Hadad's advisors didn't understand how, but they were sure of it. Elisha had the ability to foresee and then to frustrate their evil plans. Spiritual sight and insight from the Holy Spirit is set on working against evil. A few years ago in a church I served, there was a person who had been visiting the church for maybe a couple of months, and uh, we were getting to know this person. And one day in the hallway, one of our members uh, saw this person, and I happened to be just a few steps away, and the member immediately stepped over to me and looked alarmed. The member waited for the visitor to walk around the corner and out of sight, and then said to me, Do you know that person? I said, Well, only somewhat. Uh, uh, this is a visitor, and we've been trying to get to know him. Do you know him? I asked. No, the member replied, but I sense that his intentions are not good. I, I don't know why. It's just a feeling. And so the church staff began watching Vister carefully, and soon we discovered that this was exactly correct. I believe the Holy Spirit gave this member discernment and insight about evil motives. We need Christians who have spiritual eyes. Well, Ben-Hadad was livid at Elisha. We're not surprised that since the king of Syria refused to acknowledge Israel as God's people worthy of respect, he also disrespects God's prophet. So he decided to capture him. Now the text describes a considerable military force, but it seems quite possible as you read this story in full that the soldiers described here are a small strike team, a SWAT-type team, to locate and arrest Elisha in Dothan. And they are a military force. They know what they're doing. And by doing this, we are certain that Ben-Hadad just doesn't get it. 
He has no spiritual sight whatsoever. He doesn't even consider that Elisha, who has spiritual eyes to see evil plots, will also be aware of this plot to arrest him. You know, it's always wise to pause and pray before we are critical of Christian leaders. There absolutely needs to be transparency and accountability with leaders. But if we are only being picky or just critical or only wanting to gossip or damaging a reputation is our intent, we are being disrespectful. And if this person is actually doing God's will as a godly leader, although maybe not in a style that we would accomplish it. We are not seeing with spiritual eyes. We should ask God to give us spiritual eyes to observe and then respect those who are indeed godly leaders. And then comes the incredible moment, which makes this one of the most dramatic scenes in the entire Old Testament. Hear the scene again. So one night the king of Aram sent chariots and horses to surround the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops and horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? the young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Elisha's assistant sees that the Syrian SWAT team has surrounded their location, and this fear paralyzes him. But Elisha is not afraid, for he has spiritual eyes, and he prays for his assistant's spiritual eyes to be opened, so he can experience faith and confidence in God's protection. If only we could see those times that God has sent angels for our protection, has sent people and circumstances for our protection, we would fall on our knees in amazement, and we would have peace over our fears. This is one of the reasons we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, so we can experience God's presence over fear's presence. But God's army flaming with holy fire is only standing by, only standing by for Elisha's protection. They're not taking the offense. Psalm 34, 7 says, For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. The Syrian army also does not have spiritual eyes. So they have no idea they're surrounded by this angelic army. They would be terrified if they had spiritualized to see how overwhelming God's holy angelic army was. It's true that armies usually fight. But in this story, victory for Elisha will not come with violence, but a much more creative strategy. A strategy which requires prayer. Have you noticed how many times Elisha has prayed in this story? He does it again in verses 18 through 20. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness, as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. 
Follow me, and I will take you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. Not only does the Syrian army not have spiritual eyes, but Elisha prays their physical sight will be confused. They will continue to see physically, but not recognize what they see. This was a miracle of confusion and illusion. Elisha leads them right into the capital city of their enemy, the city of Samaria. And when the Lord lifts their confusion, they're no longer surrounding Elisha, but Israel's troops are surrounding them. God doesn't want us to be spiritually defeated believers. He wants to supply us with discernment for spiritual victory. And God may choose, at the same time God gives to us discernment, to confuse those circumstances or those people who would intend harm. Also, when God grants spiritual eyes to you, others will notice, and they may seek your godly advice. Jehoram, the king of Israel, was used to violent solutions, but he has the wisdom to ask Elisha if killing the now-captured Syrian force is the next step. And Elisha says, No, of course not, we read in verse 22. Elisha replied, Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them, and then sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. If Jehoram kills these Syrian soldiers, the king of Syria will retaliate. He will send a larger force, and the cycle of violence will continue. But Elisha receives a wiser solution from the Lord. He advises mercy. Mercy that they're not killed. And grace. Grace that they are well fed and released. God's greatest goal in gifting us with spiritual eyes is to pour mercy and grace into adverse circumstances. God seeks to redeem, to restore, to transform. Now others don't always let God do that work, but that is God's desire and will. What does this dramatic story of spiritual eyes require of us? Well, remember that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 13, verses 11 through 13, that when we desire spiritual insight and we act on the insight God gives, we receive more and more of it. When we don't desire it and don't act on the insight we do have, we will lose more and more insight. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. So the questions are, do we desire to have spiritual eyes? Do we humbly ask the Holy Spirit for spiritual understanding? And then are we willing to act in obedience to God when we do see what God is doing? I am very grateful for the FBI, for their mission, for the insight which keeps 
many people safe. But I'm even more grateful that God offers to us, God's children, glimpses of what only spiritual eyes can see. Today's Peace and Power Truth is Spiritual eyes see God's power over evil and receive God's peace over fear. Thank you for listening to the Peace and Power Podcast, and we invite you to subscribe to hear the next upcoming Bible talk. Again, our website is peaceandpowerpodcast.com, and our prayer is that God's Word has brought you a greater sense of a supernatural flow of God's peace and power in your life.